0: Hi, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will coming at you on Wednesday, August the 11th. This is probably the most current that the show has ever been, because I have a couple of important announcements that I want to share with you, and I want to make sure it gets to you directly. So I figured this is the best way to do it. I won't take up too much of your time. I have two announcements that, uh, well, we're both going to need your help with, your input with, and your excitement for. The first one, and this is the big one, I'll start it off big. So we're coming up on our five year anniversary as I've mentioned many times. It's uh, August the 19th is when we officially started as a podcast. So we're planning something very special. We're gonna be doing our first ever Twitch stream. That's right, we're finally gonna be streaming on Twitch and we've got a whole fun night planned. So the stream is going to be happening Uh, It's going to be happening Saturday, September the 4th. It's going to be starting at 8 o'clock p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Now, that's 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I never thought I'd actually get to say that. I used to hear that on Fox Kids all the time. So, again, Saturday, September 4th, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time, which is uh, the time zone that Lucas and I live in. If you would like to join us, we'd love you to join us. Twitch.tv slash ElwoodCityLimitsPod, that's www.twitch.tv slash ElwoodCityLimitsPod Follow us over there so you don't miss out, and we are also welcoming your suggestions. What type of videos should we watch during this stream? We've already gotten a few suggestions from our patrons, but we're opening the floor to you, the free feed listeners, as well. So, send us a social media message, an email, what should we uh, discuss or watch during our Twitch stream? We've got a bunch of hours in front of us that Saturday night, so please let us us know how we should spend it, and it would mean more coming from you, the listener, since this is uh, we wouldn't get to five years without you. One more time that Twitch stream, Saturday, September 4th, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, 8 o'clock Atlantic Standard Time. Twitch.tv/Elwood City Limits Pod. We will see you there. Let us know if you have any questions. Secondly, It's here once again. The Coast's Best of Halifax 2021 nominations are now open. Now, if you're not familiar with this, if you're a new listener or if you don't remember this, we always like to make a little bit of a play for the Coast's Best of Halifax Awards. The Coast is a local paper that Lucas and I both uh, enjoy, a local publication, and every year they do a Best of Halifax to celebrate, well, the best of our city. And they do indeed have a Best Podcast Award. Now, in Recent years we have been nominated, which has been thanks to you, and we appreciate the nomination. But we would we, we 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 go in with the hope that we might win. So the first step is of course the nomination process. If you go to vote.thecoast.ca, you or if you Google search the coast best of Halifax 2021, you can nominate right now. So we are looking for you to nominate Elwood City Limits as the best podcast. Now this will involve a little bit of registration. I believe you'll you'll have to, you know, insert your email address. I think you might even have to make up a username and password. So if you take the time to do this my God, we really appreciate it. I know, I hate doing those things too, but it would really help us. This is another great way for us to get listeners, and we talk about local content all the time. Uh, So I believe that we have a pretty good case for being the best Halifax podcast. And it would just be a nice feather in our cap. So if you feel like doing something nice for us, My goodness, we would really appreciate it. That's vote.thecoast.ca. Nominations are going to be open for a little while in August. According to the website, uh, the final voting ballot will be launching in early September and going into October 3rd with the results published in November. So you have until about the end of August to nominate us. The more nominations, the better. It means that we have a bit of a stronger case. And then in September, if we do get nominated, we will be looking to you Uh, for votes, but we will cross that bridge when and if we come to it. For right now, vote.thecoast.ca to nominate us as Best Podcast in Halifax. We would really appreciate it. You certainly don't have to if you don't want to, but it would mean a lot to us, and we appreciate it if you already have nominated us. Thank you very much. All the same. Nominate us in the Best of Halifax Awards and be there Saturday, September 4th, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Atlantic on twitch.tv slash ElwoodCityLimitsPod for our very first ECL stream, our five-year anniversary stream. And what should we be uh, watching or talking about? Send us an email and send us a social media message. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even Tumblr. We've gotten some good Tumblr messages. And elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com This is Indeed, a very special day here on Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. Uh it's time for another edition of ECL presents, and this is one that I wasn't I I didn't even I didn't even dare to dream that this could happen. Uh Will Young here and thankfully for this ECL presents Lucas Mancini with me as well. I know sometimes I due to scheduling have to fly solo, but I couldn't not have Lucas here for this
1: I'm hard to pin down, Will. I, 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 the open road calls to me, and so you know, I'm I'm in and out. Uh, uh, I'm like a mysterious stranger, but you've been able to kind of uh, wrangle me in for this one. The
0: star, the stars aligned in such a way that it's clear that this was meant to happen, and uh, I'm very pleased that you all can be here with us for this. And if you couldn't tell by the title, we this is uh, one of our one of our special guests who has actually worked. On Arthur who has been an important part of Arthur and we're pleased to have him here today. Uh, He was in fact the voice of DW from season 7 to 10 on Arthur and we're going to be talking quite a bit about his time there and everything in between. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ECL, Jason Schwimmer. Wow,
2: thanks you guys. Uh, Audience, you guys have some pretty some pretty great hosts on your hands, and uh, I understand why you listen to them. But for those of you who didn't know, they're they're pretty dry uh, off mic. So, <laughs> uh,
0: you know what you see is not what I got, and uh, I'm just so relieved. That, moments ago, I was a little worried. That's the radio training. Is that we know when to turn it on. When that red light goes, then then it's all game on we have to be on our, we have mm-hmm. to be on our radio voice we have to be engaged we have to be going you know to draw everybody in i'm just re- off
1: mic we're 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 just simple people
2: from rural nova scotia <laughs> <laughs> i mean even just before we, we we got started i mean you guys were just pelting me with insults about my my looks and my and my skills and mm-hmm. uh, generally who i am as a person and and so it's so nice that now we're just being friendly i was very concerned before we started we call
0: that the halifax hello
1: (laughs) exactly it's it's our it's our anti-ontario bias that's what it is it's you guys sure when when the pot when the mic's rolling it's all professional but off mic it's like you better not have that uh what what does the ontario license plate say it says like be here it's it's something like that (laughs) it
0: says be here why go to halifax
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly
0: so, Jason, we're so pleased to have you today. Despite what Jason himself may have said, we are indeed <laughs> pleased to have you here today. And I think a lot of people have been very excited to have you in, in something of the spotlight these days. Because, of course, not only are you here to talk about your experiences with Arthur, but also to to talk about your latest podcasting endeavor, Finding DW, which is something that not only have Lucas and I listened to, But a lot of Elwood City listeners would be familiar with as well. And if you're not familiar with the Finding DW podcast, well, I'd say it's an essential listening if you are an Arthur fan. Uh, Jason, what is the Finding DW podcast?
2: Well, first and foremost, I mean, if that's true, if people are excited about my show and and stuff, that, that really means a lot. And for the record... I was already uh, aware of what you guys were up to with uh, Elwood City Limits, and uh, I was already excited. And as we were chatting about off mic, I I was a little bit... I was cautiously... Not quite optimistic. I was worried that you guys were going to be like that. We were going to butt heads, or that you guys would have an opinion because <laughs> you guys are, in my mind, the unofficial official Arthur podcast. And here I am stepping in as this new show. You, th- you, thought, so we were, just...
0: you thought we were going to big time, yeah? Like just yeah. Come up, just I was like worried about lo- it. There's only room for one Arthur podcast in these parts. Yeah. Just gonna sock you right in the kisser.
2: Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> but um. But yeah. So finding DW is a. Uh, it's, it's sort of a passion project, but it started from, uh, you know, so so as people may or may not know, I, I was the voice of DW for seasons 7 to 10 of Arthur, and then didn't really do much acting after the age of 16. And uh, years ago, I thought, I realized that our DW has only been voiced by male voice actors, so I, I just decided it would be a fun idea to track down those other guys, interview them about the experience and maybe learn something along the way. So that's what I'm doing with uh, with my show, Finding DW.
0: Yeah, and of course, I, I, I this this was the tightrope to walk here because I think the toughest thing was to find out where our podcasts can intersect without stepping on each other's toes because on your podcast, you go into a lot of your, like you said, your experience um, acting on the show, your experiences behind the scenes, and what you've been up to since, and you have some great interviews with uh, people who have worked or continue to work on Arthur. So there was a lot of listening to those episodes. There's uh, as of this recording, there's three, there's going to be four out very soon where I was like, okay, can't ask him that. Oh, can't ask him that either. (laughs) Oh, when did you get started acting? Oh, he already said, oh, okay. What was it like recording? Oh, OK, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to do this a little bit differently because in the past, when we've interviewed people who have been part of Arthur, it is very much like, uh, how did you get started in acting? What did you think of this role? Um, and I think those are important questions to ask, but ones that you go are able to go a lot more in depth on with your show. So in this regard, I thought it would be interesting if we take the template of a couple of your episodes That you would have voiced for Arthur between seasons 7 and 10. And these are also two, I'd I'd say, fairly well-regarded episodes. When we talked about them, I think we both enjoyed them quite a bit on the show. And we're going to kind of use that as a little bit of a format uh, to jump off with some questions for you. About, uh, some hopefully, some behind-the-scenes stuff that's a little bit uh, more of the exclusive nature. But also... Anything that kind of comes up in between, which leads me to my first question here when I was doing the most preliminary of research, when I found out that the, oh, the Finding DW podcast, when it started, when you had uh, an article in the Toronto Star, which I became aware of and many people sent to us, and then that got me to find out, okay, a little bit more about Jason Schwimmer. We had looked you up, of course, when we had gotten to your tenure on the show on Elwood City Limits. And I was surprised to find out that when I found your official web presence and your name on it and everything, um, your Wikipedia page is misspelled. And I oh, won- yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of wondered how you felt about that. Oh, I'm not. It's not fun. Um, basically,
2: what I've learned over the years is that although when you look at my name and when you hear my name, it doesn't sound that complicated, mm-hmm. it is very hard for people. Um, and so the first time I think I was. The first time I think I was ever credited in the credits of Arthur, my name was misspelled, oh. and I'm pretty sure that's what wh- why that's the case. Um, but I also have two birthdays on Wikipedia, so I mean I'm <laughs> I'm just an enigma wrapped in a mystery, um, far more interesting than I than I than I am in real life on the internet. So
0: for the record, yeah. it's one M, not two. Yes, yes,
2: yeah. But I am going with the uh, the same um, pronunciation
0: as David Schwimmer. Hopefully going to ride that man's coattails. <laughs> um, and, of course, doing a little bit of a glance of... So you, me- you mentioned that you kind of left acting behind, in a sense, uh, when you were a teenager. Um, I wanted to ask this quickly because your podcast is all about finding DW. But over here, I want to find James. Because one of your earliest Arthur credit... At least, according to Wikipedia, and maybe we're going to play a little bit of MythBusters here, is not as D.W. but is as James, the uh, the young rabbit who is D.W.'s friend with the glasses. is is that Is that true? Do you like? Do you remember doing that role? No, and I, that that's
2: definitely not true. Um, but that's really funny because that is true for another actor who played DW, I think. Okay. Um, because uh, my... my so, so to the best of my knowledge, that wasn't me. That was um, the DW... The actor who played DW immediately after me. Um, his name is Robert Naylor. Mm. And he was the one who played someone on Arthur. I imagine it must have been James. Um, and then when I aged out of the role um robert was already sort of in that arena and sort of unofficially auditioned for arthur uh, for for the role of dw um after having played james so i believe that credit that would be for him but i i I didn't know that was on my wikipedia and i'm don't
0: tell robert because i'd love to take credit for his work (laughs) i'm just gonna delete all these questions about being james (laughs) okay um yeah and and hey uh listeners if you decide to edit that wikipedia page First of all, 1M and Schwimmer. Second of all, please link to Elwood City Limits when you uh, put the mm. addendum that uh, Jason Schwimmer was never James. Um, <laughs> but I also wanted to know, and I think you spoke a little bit about this when you have done research for your own show. And we, the the two episodes that we're going to be talking around this time are um, DW's Time Trouble and Operation DW. And we all kind of watched it ourselves what is it like for you to watch arthur now because a lot i mean everybody knows what it's like for us to watch arthur it's something we do every week but as somebody who has both been involved in it and is pretty close to is like the same age range as us like what was that experience like going back to it such as it is um it's weird because I
2: loved the show, like most people our age, and um, and people continue to love the show. But as soon as I got cast on the show, um, I sort of stopped watching, and so I was ten when I stopped when I got cast, and I, I basically didn't watch from then on. So I'm not super familiar with the episodes or my relationship with episodes of arthur changed because it it was no longer episodes that i saw it was episodes that i was in um so i didn't know the episodes as episodes i knew them as the scripts i was receiving or, or what lines i had and my favorite episodes would be episodes where there was lots of dw in them because it meant that i got to do more and have lots of fun you know acting as dw going back and watching these episodes i mean it's also very strange because I there's some episodes I remember and others that I don't. And so Operation DW was one that I was like, I have no memory of this. Okay. And as the episode goes on, it's like, oh, yeah, I do sort of remember this line or I remember kind of doing that. And it's little things. It's like, uh you know, I'll hear myself laugh and I uh, or DW laugh and I remember... Uh, give being given the direction for like this is why you're laughing or, or this is how you should deliver that line But it's not but it, it's like it just comes up in the moment. It's not stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I actively remember, right?
1: So I'm glad that you brought up kind of getting the direction because that was one of the things that I really wanted to ask you about is Watching these two episodes and they're very DW centric episodes. There was all these moments where Uh, we know a lot less about the production of Arthur than you do uh, just because you were there for it in a certain respect and um, I try to put myself in the booth like I'm like what was actually going on in terms of you were a little kid at the time um, and I assume voice directing a little kid is is quite different than directing an adult Uh, because you kind of have to it's just the way you would communicate differently with a kid than you would communicate to an adult to try and convey what you want out of them Um, And there's a moment in D.W.'s Time Troubles where D.W. has, for those who haven't seen the episode, D.W. has now, uh, in an imagination sequence essentially, it's like a a dream she's having, gone back in time and tried to uh, change history so that she was, for lack of a better term, born before Arthur. She goes to the baby store and she convinces the parents to buy her instead of Arthur. Um, And in that part, D.W. Is there's a part where she's pretending to be an adult, and this is something that's always interested yes. me about voice acting is when a character, uh, an actor is doing a character voice, but then they're doing a character voice pretending to be another character, yeah, and it's sort of this Russian nesting doll of performance where it seems very complicated. So, for something like that, where they're trying to say, Okay, you're DW here, but you're DW pretending to be a grown up, um, how would a director kind of get that kind of performance out of you, especially you being a, a little kid at the time? Well, if
2: I. I have to imagine that it's different for every relationship between a director and a voice actor because I think everyone's a little bit different in terms of their personality and 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 the relationship to to being an actor, being a director or, you know, the adult relating to a kid dynamic or vice versa. I one of the reasons why I got into voice acting was because my my mom heard an open casting call and thought to herself well my son is not shy and pretty articulate for a kid and like those were the criteria she thought i would find it fun because of my specific you know for lack of a better word that comes to mind but just skill set who i was as a person so in my from my perspective i think it was our relationship myself and the casting and voice director on arthur deborah toffin was such that she could speak to me pretty candidly about how she wanted me to deliver certain lines and so our relationship was very dynamic and a lot of my performance i would credit to her because uh, there mm. were some times where you know i think just because i was a kid or, or whatever i i didn't understand you know what was going on in the scene or what was needed i mean like you're mentioning it's dw pretending to do something else and there were moments where I I remember being like, I got this because I enjoy acting and performance. But there were other times where it's like, I don't quite understand the subtlety of performing. W- the differences between performing DW as a four-year-old and performing DW as like an eight or 16-year-old like in this episode, right? So I don't remember it more than that, other than Deborah Toffin sort of helping me and guiding me, you know, whether it was line by line or scene by scene. Um, But I definitely think it's funny when I hear words that are beyond my vocabulary at the time or DW's like when um, she mentions that Arthur, uh, you know, they should get they should take Arthur uh, because for the tax credit or something from the baby (laughs) store. Uh, in the scene because like he's a broken baby yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um you you did you did mention in one of the episodes that um you know when people ask you to do the dw voice as like a a man a, a man in his late 20s and it's just like you, you just can't get there anymore so i did find it interesting that you look at it from the other way of like you when you were recording dw Of course, because because your voice is so high, even when DW's like they placed a phone order, it's it doesn't sound like you at age twenty, whatever. It's just like your little self trying to to best approximate an adult voice. So that's interesting. That's interesting. I know that um, it's a it's a part of your life that um. You, you kind of remember in bits and pieces as as is a lot of us when we are that age so I I, 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 I find it interesting that you had that relationship with uh Deborah toffin was her name you uh, yeah and and so and so that was really something that that helped you to get those performances, because I because I had a bunch of questions here about like what sort of acting techniques did you use as a as a child and all that kind of stuff. But maybe it's it, and again that's that's kind of us as outsiders to the industry.
1: Well, on that note, um, so DW and this is a, again one of the reasons that uh, has made the character popular to this day is that DW is very much a, a one liner kind of character where she always has, and this is why kind of the Arthur memes have continued to feature DW. Um, if you look on YouTube and you type in DW Savage Moments, <laughs> there's all these from uh, from all different seasons, your seasons, other seasons, uh, of, of DW having these one-liners. And luckily, in these two episodes we watched today, there's a couple examples of this. I think at the end of Operation DW, um, DW's looking in Arthur's ears, and she goes, your ears look fine, and then there's a beat. And then she goes, but your brain is missing. Yeah. Um, and 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 this is her, you know, opportunity to be like, oh, D- uh, Arthur's dumb. Um, but I wonder for like jokes like that where they're so timing based. As a kid, I think kids don't have a great sense of comedic timing. They they just kind of say uh, they and watch. I have it right now. I'm doing word vomit, but they they just have word vomit where they never pause or, or let the joke breathe. Um, and so for a line like that is. That getting kind of artificially created in in post processing, where they're like, Well, we have the audio of you saying your ears look fine, and the audio of you saying, But your brain is missing. So let's just create a little bit more space here. Or do you remember actually getting direction of like, Oh, pause for a second and then deliver the line so it hits more?
2: Um, I think it's probably more of the latter. Um, definitely, you know it wasn't even that like my because i because i'm not a formally trained voice actor and i wasn't then so i think that anything that i've learned i've i learned probably directly from deborah in terms of like delivery and and um and yeah like comedic timing and stuff like that i mean i i'm grateful that i'm again just like when it comes to performing and even podcasting I, i just sort of rely on kind of like Instinct or like my gut and I think that sort of served me. Well, and I I can't imagine it was much different when I was a kid
0: Did you find watching either of these episodes? Um, again, it's DW's time travel and operation DW which are also Elwood City limits episodes if you want the full uh, blow-by-blow <laughs> commentary um, Did you find that there were any moments in these episodes where you like 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 did that made you laugh or anything like that? Because I think that something that can happen sometimes is that when you revisit these and we talk about this throughout throughout the show a lot. Is that sometimes you're just like, "Oh yeah, this is good for like the age range they're going for," and a lot of, and that can be true with a lot of the writing, a lot of the humor, a lot of the setups. Was there anything that you felt was like, "Oh no, this is just, like this is just funny," or this just works?
2: Yes, um, <laughs> absolutely. One of my favorite parts of doing my show and 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 watching the episodes that that you guys wanted to chat about today one of my favorite parts has been watching episodes of Arthur and just falling in love with again the just how fun and ridiculous the writing can be at times um even just like what comes right to mind is is the um uh you know when Arthur when DW talks direct breaks the fourth wall talks directly to the audience at at the beginning of um DW's time trouble and says um you know I know Arthur's always telling you that um, having a little sister is a pain, but look at what I have to deal with, and this is only the tail of the iceberg. <laughs> is just such a silly, like you know, because she m- m- messes up tip of the iceberg, she says tail. Um, you know, I love stuff like that. I love wordplay, so that stuff's really great. But then I also just, just the ridiculous cutaways and and how imaginative and and silly they can be, um, are are so fun and uh, and definitely play to to my sensibilities because I think that. You know, as much as as much as I like, you know, mature comedy made for adults my age or whatever, I'm very much a fan of like goofy, silly stuff, too. So Arthur's Arthur's really wonderful for that. And DW's Time
1: Troubles is like one of the more high concept Arthur episodes there are. Like we have time travel. We have paradoxes. um, Teenage DW meeting younger DW, which is the creation of one of, uh, an infamous Arthur meme of sort of them looking at each other, um... And and so yeah, you get some of that stuff where like there's there's and anima- there's uh uh imagination sequences throughout both of these episodes, yeah. and they kind of play on um how uh, elevated the Arthur writing can be despite it being a show intended for people in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, be- because there's a subtlety like so. For instance, when we're looking in DW's imagination, um, the characters all change because they're not the characters how they exist in the rest of the show. They're the characters as if they exist in DW's perspective. So, instead of Arthur acting like Arthur, Arthur's acting like this kind of dim-witted approximation of Arthur. And, like, instead of uh, their parents asking, acting like how DW's parents normally act, they're acting like these, like, really, like, oh, anything for you, DW, we love you so much. like, you're so wonderful. And there's a subtlety to that writing that I think your average kid might not even pick up on, but uh, uh, it makes it entertaining to watch even as an adult.
2: Yeah, I love the way that DW sees herself. It's super funny, and And uh, and I think we need more people like that. The more that I, I work on my show my show and the more I talk to, you know, like talking to um, in, in my upcoming episode, I talked to the writer Peter Hirsch and and he he says it more eloquently than I'm saying it now. But um, I think that D.W. is a really good role model in that sense, because she's very outspoken and confident and, and, and self-assured. And, and I think we need more people like that. I think we need more more, uh, you know, everyone should be more like D.W.,
0: one thing uh, we kind of put the call out for questions from our listeners and there, I don't know if there's a, this, a super great time to ask this. So I'll just kind of, <laughs> it's a, like, it's a, it's a, it's a bit random. It's from, it's from Peebs and they wanted to know. So uh, again, this is kind of, again, playing uh, perhaps a bit of MythBusters here with your, uh, as we've already established spotty Wikipedia page that, <laughs> um, so that you did some, voiceover for the Arthur spinoff postcards from Buster and if voiceover on its in a technical sense was it any different from the process of voiceover recording for Arthur and I think their question was more like do, do would you record the postcards from Buster in a same in the same batch as like a batch of episodes of Arthur or would that be done at a different time or even different location if you can remember I think it prob. so yeah No, but I
2: definitely knew that it was for postcards from Buster when I went in. Okay. Um sorta you sort of knew going in what episodes you were doing and then maybe there'd sometimes be okay, we we like since you're here, let's do some pickups on like which which is like, okay, some of the episodes for whatever reason, this line and that line that you recorded a week ago or yesterday or whatever, we need to redo them for for some reasons. But but usually when I went in it was to do specific
0: episodes. So I knew I was doing postcards from
2: Buster versus Arthur.
0: So the the kind of shifting a little bit over to operation DW, which is another one we really enjoyed. And as as I kind of mentioned before, this was one that I think we both enjoyed because for the age range that it was meant to speak to, it did such a good job. At least I, I remember feeling this way personally that it did, it did such a good job of kind of putting visits to the doctor as like, not something to be afraid of. Um, So, and I remember, I I feel like we talked about this at the time of like, we wondered if this kind of, if this really inspired any little kid to have less fear of the doctor or anything like that. And which makes me want to ask, we talked about this a little bit earlier, um and you spoke about this in your podcast about how sometimes people will when it comes up in conversation and people will be like oh my god you played dw on arthur and it's like obviously can't do the voice anymore and you and your memories of being on the show only go so far but i wonder when you were doing the show or even up to now have you had any interactions with fans that have been like especially meaningful i suppose we 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 talked about a little bit about this um when we were um recording for your show and how we've had interactions with listeners that have been especially meaningful that we still think about and i wonder if that goes the other way if anybody has ever you know come up to you and imparted something meaningful that dw has done for them which you would have been a part of or anything of that nature so that stuff's
2: only really come up um now i would say as i've been more open about having played dw and um have been pretty public about what i'm doing with my show for example um now i've sort of gotten people reaching out and and saying nice things and all that but um i think because it's top of mind and and because i'm not you know because up until now like i like i i've been you know trying to make uh trying to craft an identity for myself that that doesn't involve dw I, i again i i want people to be just as excited if not more so about who i am as an adult not just that i was dw when i was 10 and and so now that it's all front of mind and or top of mind and now that i'm so you know i'm trying to really explore how dw fits into my identity um I feel like maybe I'm, I'm revisiting those moments in my past, too, where people have said, oh, you know, uh, DW was an, was an important character for me. And, um, you know, I, I always think it's really cool when it's, like, uh, you know, a, a female person who, or a female-identifying person who, uh, you know, tells me that, uh, you know, DW inspired them in such and such way because I think that's so cool. Like, I you know, like, I'm, I'm so – now, especially, like, I'm just so proud that I – played a part in, you know, helping these people find themselves or, you know, just entertaining people. Because I, I you know, my relationship with like watching shows and stuff like like everyone who, you know, gets really into TV shows and movies and stuff like that, like, you know, we love the actors who play the characters that we love, but like I don't really identify with, you know, if people love DW You know, I'm such a small piece of the puzzle or I see myself that way, you know, I really credit like any line you love is is not like I didn't come up with the line, you know, like it's it's I didn't even come up with the character. So I'm just proud to have played a small part in what made so many people like happy or excited. And whenever I read a message like that, I'm just so grateful that they, you know, find me interesting
0: enough to even care about what I'm up to. You know, I think that we share that a little bit. And I think it's when you put yourself publicly out there in the way that either you did as a voice actor or as an actor in general, uh, and then there's us who kind of put our at least our voices out there and our kind of personas. You can never really account for the ways in which people will react to you, um, and you speak you speak about that very well, and you continue to do so on your podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm very glad, and I would certainly hope that especially for any of our listeners who haven't listened to your podcast yet and are just kind of getting to know your story. Like this is their launching point. I would hope that they would be able or at least feel comfortable enough that if DW or your time on the show was important to them in a way that they would be able to reach out to you um, without it, without it feeling, you know, too weird or anything like that. (laughs)
2: No, I mean I I'm always very receptive to that stuff. It's especially cool when it's like uh you know, like I love I I always like to sort of like I, I don't know, like if 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 that person is who reaches out to me is is also public about what they're up to. Like something that comes to mind is someone reached out to me who's uh who's working at NPR and talked about how DW is, you know, played an important part. She's such a big fan of DW and what and and that stuff and I was like, it's just so crazy that somebody that I would just, unrelated to DW, someone that I would just, that I think is so cool and like so ambitious and like awesome, someone I would like, I don't know, be like, how do I become like that person? Or I would want to be like that person. And the fact that I did something that inspired them in any way is is such a strange and fun, cool thing. And and the fact, so so it's moments like that too, where I'm just like, I, it's it's so... Like, I'm still unpacking, like what? like, what, like, how can I react in any way other than to be like, this is just so weird and cool. I don't know.
0: When we ta- when we talked about Operation DW, we actually ended up learning a little bit because there's like that kind of more scientific section about how how it is that earwax works and like the buildup of, uh, as the doctor says, gunk in DW's ear, and they do that kind of fun go through was there anything that and this is this is a little bit only tangentially related to that was there anything that you learned from your time on arthur that you still kind of keep with you and you can relate that to either within the field of like did like learning something in terms of acting or in terms of the industry or or by doing these kinds of educational things did you learn anything like practical information <laughs> from like the scripts yeah. you would get or anything like that
1: ha, ha, ha have anything that like that you have said as DW become internalized yes. and now you've actually learned the same lesson DW has
2: I mean definitely not consciously but I but that did actually stand out to me it felt very like magic school busy that that one yes. sequence where DW is like traveling through her she's like surfing on a sound wave and like going through her own eardrum uh, or she bounces off the eardrum and into the gunk uh, like I thought that sequence was really cool, but, 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 and fun to, to watch, but no, nothing like, I don't think I really consciously learned anything like that in, a, in like, you know, practical or scientific right, yeah. or, um, but I mean, like in terms of, I learned a lot of like smaller things that I do still think about. Like, um, my accent, for example, I was very conscious of having a Canadian accent and I still am. And it's because of my time on on Arthur, because I, you know, certain words that I would say, well, no, you have to say it like an American person would say it.
0: So for those who may not be familiar, can you give an example of what a Canadian accent sounds like? Because we're, because Lucas and I, we're, we're we're a bit in we're in too deep with that. Like, I, I don't uh-huh. know. Like we are like if we are. Well, if we have a Canadian accent, it's hard for us to tell. It's like. Yeah. We will. We have like an East Coast accent. It's oh, so funny because yeah. like
1: when I when I talk to people from Vancouver, they think I sound ridiculous. <laughs> they, they, they like uh, it's so funny that like I know what you're saying in terms of like you can't even tell that me and you have a Canadian right. accent. Not only do we have a deeply Canadian accent, like it, it, we sound weird to people even in Canada. <laughs> let alone people <laughs> in the states would think we sound super. Uh, For sure. Uh, cool. well, what stuff? But yeah. What
2: stuff do you guys get? Like, do people? Do, does your audience uh, sort of point that stuff out? Um. I don't think
0: we – a mm. lot of the questions we get are kind of more based around our region. Cultural. Yeah, cultural.
1: Mm. Yeah, like, for instance, there's an episode of Arthur where there's a bag of milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and the Americans have, like – they. that was one of our most kind of emailed about topics – because people couldn't believe it, they were like, "What?" It was really confusing to a lot of people. Um, and then there was there was Canadians who were saying, "You know, actually, that's kind of even a regional thing within Canada." I never had a bad bag of milk, so there was a couple weeks on the show where there was just bag of milk discourse. And I I think even the way I'm saying milk right
0: now could be considered yeah.
1: a Canadian act. I really don't know.
0: Just be curious if there's anything you can particularly remember that had to kind of be flattened down and no offense to American listeners, but like shaped into an American pronunciation as opposed to your more naturalistic Canadian pronunciation? Well, I was, I
2: was, I'm lucky in the sense that um, it's a lot of this, a lot of similarities to the difference between being from, from Montreal in Quebec uh, versus being where I am now in Toronto, uh, being in Ontario, because a lot of those the the accents the differences between those two accents are similar to the differences between the Canadian and the American accent um, and it, and there's small things but it can be just the way that we pronounce the letter a in words um, for example I I grew up going to summer camp but in Ontario it's I grew up going to summer camp uh, and 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 they say that they say it like that in the states too now i sort of lean more naturally towards the ontario way of saying things but i'm very conscious of because i worked for an american podcast for a bit and um saying words like out about Mm. words with that sound in them uh that's very canadian and i and i'm conscious of it but i i I can't at a certain point i have to stop self-editing myself i mean i'm just (laughs) I'm just a guy. I'm you, from Canada. You just I've got are, to sound like I'm Canadian mm-hmm. at a certain point. You are point. who you are.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
1: it's one of the reasons why the older I get, I, I find myself listening to more and more kind of Canadian media, listening to more CBC music, too, uh, because... I, I like to hear people that sound like people around here, like especially here in Nova Scotia, we have such a wide variety of accents. Yeah. Um, you know, someone from Cape Breton does not sound like from someone from Yarmouth and they do not sound like someone from Halifax and they do not sound like someone from New Brunswick. And so uh, I like seeing that kind of diversity reflected.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love the East Coast and uh, two of my very closest friends are from the East Coast, one from uh, PEI and one from New Brunswick. Um, and it's just... Uh, yeah, I love that accent. It's such a wonder. It's so much fun. I love when they t- when they like imitate their grandparents or their own older relatives. <laughs> it's it's great. Um I like I also uh, a friend of mine I had a friend who's from um uh, uh Castlegar or something like that or um I had another friend who was from I don't know, just like the deeper and deeper you go into Canada, I find it so so charming and awesome. Like the good parts of Canada, or like I don't know the more wholesome parts of Canada. Uh, I, I I think it's wonderful, and I love the I love the like the vibe. I've only been to Halifax once, but I love the vibe out there. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, there's no point to that. I just I love finding out that like I love um like you're saying. I think here here's the point, uh, <laughs> uh, Lucas. Like I love finding not just like radio or podcast content but i love like when i find out uh, a band i really like happens to be canadian um i was just talking last night with a with someone and we were talking about uh like I was talking about bands I like and, and that they happened to be Canadian, like Tokyo Police Club or like Money or Death from Above or Um Alexis on Fire and like all these bands that I would Legendary yeah.
1: Legendary Alexis on Fire.
2: Yeah, like just bands I, I liked I liked anyway and they happen to be Canadian too, It just makes me even more of a fan of theirs. Like I, I'm I love uh I mean it's like <laughs> it's such a silly thing to say, but I love that I'm Canadian, you know? Like being Canadian's
0: awesome. <laughs> so what i wanted to add and i think that actually goes really well into what what i wanted to ask you as we move into kind of more modern day type of stuff you know beyond the dw of it all you are in fact mm-hmm. your own person and well, i wanted you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i dub thee your own person uh and i wanted to know kind of what inspires you today so we're talking about arthur as something that you could still go back to and watch but what are and you can and you can relate this however you want it could be music television movies podcasts mm-hmm. especially perhaps but the yep. things that are really inspiring you creatively as you go forward into this relatively new endeavor
2: um so it's 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 funny because the thing that i am definitely most inspired by is also something i i think i have a complicated relationship with and it's i i is i have a tendency to to like idolize um, creators or media personalities or actors who whose um, careers I I, I really want to emulate because in my mind they're doing what I want to do and and that I feel like that person for me always kind of fluctuates a little bit. Um, a good example of that is uh, like Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, who in in my mind is like, you know, the fact that he he's he's like a multi-hyphenate. He does all these things. And he, you know, can get paid to be a musician, but he's also a you know, TV writer. He's also a comedian. Like he does all these things, and that's the kind of person I want to be. Like in my mind, like if you are talented enough to be, um, if you're talented and and creative, you know, that's like in a way, like I look at that and I'm like, well, that's freedom. Like that's the freedom to do whatever you want to do, and you know, support causes you want to support, and. Um, put whatever kind of art you want out into the world, like that's the kind of person I want to be. So I'm inspired by just trying to prove myself as someone worthy of being able to wake up every day and do exactly what I want to do. And I think that finding DW is like my best chance of doing that because as I I think I mentioned, I don't like, I'm sort of losing track of when I mentioned this to you guys, but like (laughs) I have big dreams that are not humble. Like I want to... Like, in my mind, like, it would be so awesome to be, like, super successful in show business because I just think, like, when I picture myself being the best version of myself or how can I be not only, like, satisfied to myself that I did everything I could do, but also how could I be the best – how could I give myself or uh, the most of myself and be of service to the world too? Like, I can't think of anything other than, like, want to host it like a talk show like want to be a big director like want to write and direct my own movie like just how can i and the question i struggle with is like well you know don't idolize these people doing those things because then you're just going to be a second tier that person like i also have to be my own person and so it's tough because you know it's like i'm sure you guys can relate to this like um you know there's no like Sometimes I'll put out a podcast or sometimes I like start writing something and I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, you know, (laughs) like what if what if uh, I'm putting it out and this is the right timing or this isn't how that person that I idolize would have done it. And and I start to question myself, but I think that the more you do that, the more you hold yourself back from just being honest and open and uh, and stuff. So so it's what inspires me is 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 just trying to be the best version of myself and not trying too hard to just try to be like the people who I I
0: respect in in a space that I'm trying to work in as well. Does that make sense? It does. It does. <laughs> okay. I I really I really think it does. And this this podcast that you've started as we kind of get start as we start to wrap up here, of course I, I want you to to talk to the people who may not have listened to Finding DW yet. I I I would love for you to talk about Why they should listen, why they should listen, because I think it's self evident. At least, if I, you know, if I, if I may, for uh, as soon as I started listening to the podcast, I was like, oh no, this is, this is something special. And I feel that our listeners who love Arthur and who are interested in the people who make the thing that they love will really get a kick out of this. And, and to boot, it is, it is an incredibly uh, slick. Final product, and I don't say that about a lot of... I'm very critical of the way that podcasts sound, and I think that yours is... uh, it's superior in terms of a lot of production and a lot of content, so I, I really want to make sure that you let everybody know why it is that they should be listening to finding dw and any other anything else that you want to uh, promote in terms of your own presence where people can find you because i'm sure that there are some among our listenership who would like to reach out to you if possible
2: well yeah i mean to start first of all thank you i mean like i i definitely putting everything i have into this thing and um you know whether or not the episodes are received well. Like I'm, I'm very happy with what I've put out so far and and what I've continued to make. So it's it's really nice to that that's appreciated. Like it means so much more than I can articulate. So thank you, first of all. Um, yeah. Why why do people why should people listen? I mean, like I try to be just as honest as possible about it. And I think like this the pitch for it is, you know, if you're interested in the pitch, you'll like the show. And it's just that look i was dw on arthur and so i think that makes me the right person to interview the other people who play dw on arthur and i think the conversations that we've had have all been super fun and interesting and if you like tv shows and learning like behind the scenes stuff you'll like my show if you liked arthur and and you want to learn some more stuff about that and maybe about dw as a character you'd like my show but i also try to you know it's important to me that my show is also as honest and autobiographical as possible. So it's also a journey, like a coming of age story about, you know, me trying to um, move on and in a healthy way and and understand more about how d- be having played DW fits into my life. So, you know, usually when somebody asks me about, you know, what is the podcast that you're working on or um, I don't usually go into all that stuff because I try to just get people excited about the more simple hook of it all, which is the having that. I was DW and I'm on a mission to find those other DWs, but like there is more to that, but I, I always try to invite people in and enjoy and find parts of it that they themselves like. And I, I hope that that's as enticing enough as I can make it. Cause I, cause that's just the, the honest truth is I'm having fun making it. And I think people should listen. I think people would like it. Cause I know that if it, I wasn't making my podcast, like, I would think it was really good. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that if if I'm a fan of what I'm making, that's probably a good sign. Um, and then, uh, where people can find me. I mean, I am trying to get people to a follow and subscribe and listen to uh, finding DW wherever that you normally listen to podcasts. It's all, it's on all the platforms. Um, please come follow me on Instagram, which is, uh, just Jason Schwimmer, which is my name. And, um, uh, that's where you can see behind the scenes stuff and um, and sort of more about me and kind of my process, because I recently started my social media. So it really is for now just my process as a creator. And hopefully as I as I you know, graduate from this project and and hopefully, you know, as my career in the space grows, you can follow along with me and see my journey there. And if you're in a position to do so and if you're interested in what I'm doing, um, I, I, please feel free to check out my Patreon for, for bonus content and uh, to help support me on my mission because, um, you know, I'm having a blast doing this. And the more people that, that come on board that way um, means the more time I can just spend doing this stuff. And uh, it's, it's what I love. and uh, And yeah, that would mean a lot, too. So that's that. That's my pitch.
0: Okay, and of course, if it wasn't obvious before, it gets a uh, hearty ECL recommendation from both Lucas and I who have listened to the show, and I mean, not only would we want to have you on here, because you are you, but we also are big fans of what you're currently putting out, and I think that it should have more people listening to it, so... Jason, uh, we're super pleased to have, to have had you here. Uh, Lucas, is there anything that you didn't get to that we, that you wanted to
1: No, Just, just want to thank Jason for coming on and, uh, look forward to, uh, finding DW, I guess, episode four, not sure when this comes out, but, uh, whatever the next one is.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And, and just in case, uh, once more, it, it thank you guys so much for, for giving me this platform and for doing what you do. I mean, um, I I really like your podcast too and I'm so jealous of the of the vibe you guys have and and you know when I think of the podcasts that I like love it's 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 a good combination of podcasts that are similar to mine in terms of you know being more produced and and yours which is the more like um, host-centric and, you know, based on you guys, like, hanging out and, and taking us a- along with you on on your journey and letting us know about, you know, your lives and such. But I really like what you guys are doing, and uh, I'm so glad we were able to connect and do
0: this. I didn't think it would get more surreal than Bruce Dinsmore singing My my Nightlight on the show, <laughs> but to he, but to hear DW say that they're a fan of our show is, like... If I could go back to 10-year-old Will and be like, don't worry in 20 years something's going to happen that you're not going to believe. <laughs>
2: I still feel that way like I uh, I I some I'm, I'm really I'm behind, but I'm really into the Mandalorian season 2 and uh, I was a production assistant on Kim's Convenience and then I'm just watch- minding my own business and here comes uh, Paul Sun-Hyung Lee who plays Mr. Kim like yeah. s- is is in a is in one of the X-Wing uh x-wing ships and i was just like what is happening (laughs) like i I know that guy that's paul like that's crazy you're one Uh, step closer to star wars oh man it's it's the coolest he he is such a fan of star wars like naturally as a person and it's like that's like a dream come true moment
0: for him so i'm just like proud for him like Mm -hmm. i'm so excited it's so wild anyways so that's (laughs) So that's going to do it for this uh, edition of ECL Presents. Now, uh, what we normally do with an ECL episode is that Lucas has something of the final say with a quote. But I wanted to, uh, Jason, from your most recent viewing of these episodes, is is there an Arthur quote that you would end an episode of ECL with if you had the opportunity?
2: Oh, boy. Um, um, hmm. I, I mean I I feel like I'm doing a bad job as a guest, but I'm not sure. Do
0: That's you guys quite, have something? It's quite it's quite all right. It's it's very it's very on the spot. Oh. So, oh
1: I, I got I got one written down. Can we get a Can we get from the I know you can't do the voice anymore, but from the voice of DW um, themselves. Yeah. Can we get a You're not that broken baby from the baby store.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it in my best attempt at the DW
0: voice. Oh bless. Here we go.
2: You're not that broken baby from the baby store.
0: Oh, my God. Like, I heard it. Like, I yeah, heard it. Yeah, you can just sort of <laughs> hear it, right? Oh, my yeah, God. it's kind of wow. there. It's kind of there. I still hear it.
2: Like, when I talk, yeah. I'm like, I hear myself as that. Like, I know that's like, you hear this person, and it's like, what do you even mean? But to me, I still sound like that.
0: Yeah, and I and I was like, you know, we're 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 well past the point of puberty. It's just like I don't know if it's going to happen. But there was that little bit there, and then nobody can, nobody out there cannot say that we didn't indeed have the voice of DW here on Elwood City Limits. So for our our wonderful and esteemed guest Jason Schwimmer, really, I wish you nothing but the best in this continued podcast and in chasing your dreams in general. I think that we would all like to see you succeed in that front. Uh, I'm Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini, that's ECL presents, uh, and we will see you next time.
2: Woo! I'm so when you started saying the wrap-up thing, I was like, oh no! Like let's just keep keep it going. <laughs>